0: here on a tuesday night great to hear joni Thayer on ESPN 1000 adam odala has the night off if you want to join me talk some bears football you can call me at 312-332-3776 i want to start with this it was a thought that i brought to the table yesterday and it's something that i continue to still think about tonight here as we get started on the show If Justin Fields plays like he did on Sunday over the next six weeks, six games, he'll be the quarterback for the Bears next season. I I think what we saw from Fields, and I know that the numbers weren't eye-popping, but what I think I saw on Sunday was that he was a quarterback that wasn't rusty. He was a quarterback that has been out for a month with an injury, didn't see any effects of the thumb. In, in the play from Justin Fields. You saw a quarterback taking deep shots. Tyler Scott, if you catch that ball, this week is a totally different vibe for Bears fans. He also stepped up into the pocket and hit DJ Moore on a throw that he missed earlier in the game. You saw improvement there. And, and what I saw was a quarterback who managed the game. And I know that he had to run a bunch 18 times against the Lions. But he managed the game, and he was able to take advantage of what the game plan was and then also what the defense was giving him. 16 for 23, 169 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions. He had a completion percentage of 69. That right there is a young quarterback developing, turning into something. Is it the heights that we've seen him play in the past? No, it it wasn't. And I'll go over some of those numbers. Is it the worst we've seen him play? It absolutely wasn't. And in many aspects, he was the best player out there on Sunday. I just feel like if Fields continues to play like this over the next six games, it's going to be really difficult for the Bears to just up, detach, pick someone else, and start a new cycle in hoping that that person turns into something. Now, again, we had the reports on Sunday. We talked about on the Black and Doll pregame show before your network pregame show here on ESPN 1000. We start four hours before every game, and then the network pregame show with Sylvie, Lance, and Dion takes over two hours before the game. We talked about the report on Sunday. Ian Rappaport saying that the Bears approached last offseason with the idea that if they're blown away by a quarterback prospect – That they would then draft a quarterback and then move off of Justin Fields. That was last season. The report on Sunday from Rappaport was saying that the Bears have the same mindset heading into this offseason that they had last offseason. Okay, so the Bears have to be blown away. You're talking about players like Caleb Williams, Drake May, Michael Penix, J.J. McCarthy, Jaden Daniels, Bo Nix. They've all had really high moments. Uh, Some of them have had some low moments in this college football season. The one thing we can all agree upon, though, is that they're all unknowns. We don't know what Caleb Williams is going to do in the NFL. We don't know what Drake Mays is going to do. We don't know how Michael Penix will fair. I like Michael Penix. I think he's played some of the best football in college football this season. How about Bo Nix? His stats are incredible. Oregon has a chance to beat Washington, get into the college football playoff. It's all on the table. We don't know, though. Right? Like, that's the thing. What we do know is Justin Fields in his last four games seems to be improving, seems to be playing better, seems to be making better decisions. We know he's talented. Well, the most talented quarterbacks in the league physically, running, throwing, he can do it. Can he process quick enough in the pocket? And can he limit terrible mistakes? We saw at the start of the season, he made some really bad mistakes that cost the Bears games. We've talked about it. And you Bears fans, you know, and you, you, you've witnessed this throughout this season. Let's just look at the last four games. Go back four games. The Denver game, October the 1st. The Bears lose that game 31-28. Fields goes 28 for 35. 335 yards. Four touchdowns, one interception. Completion percentage of 80. The Washington game his best game as a bear he went 15 of 29 282 yards four touchdowns no interceptions completion percentage of 51. The Minnesota game he got knocked out early he was 6 of 10 58 yards no touchdown one interception 60% completion percentage. And then yesterday uh, Sunday against the Lions 16 of 23 169 yards one touchdown no interception 69% completion. So in the last four games, Justin Fields has thrown for nine touchdowns, two interceptions. He has a completion percentage of 67. I don't know about you, but to me, that seems pretty good. Seems like a quarterback that's starting to get it. I get it. if my partner was here tonight, he would throw back at me that the two games that he collected the most touchdowns, he went against two defenses that were trash. That's, what that's I know 100%. That's exactly what Abdal would respond to me with. In this conversation, and my response would be: Well, Detroit's defense is pretty good, and Justin Fields looked pretty good on Sunday. The Bears didn't win; we're all upset about it. I'm not upset about the quarterback. He made the throws. He went for it. He almost won the game with that deep throw to Scott. Scott stopped running. If Justin Fields plays like he did on Sunday over the next six games, he's going to be the quarterback next year. I'm sorry, it's too enticing to have this figured out, and to use that draft capital at the top of the board on other needs. Do you realize how set up the Bears will be if Fields is the guy and they can move back out of one to like two or three and get Marvin Harrison Jr. and then get a defensive end and then start building that way? If Fields can prove over the next six games, then this is really... Going to be on the fast track. Now, we got to figure out the coaching situation. Talked about last night with Lance Briggs. I don't think Eberflute should be back. I think he's the one that cost the Bears the game on Sunday against the Lions based on his inability to go for it. Push forward, get a yard at fourth and one situations. You're kicking field goals. You should be going for it. In a situation you're up five, you kick an extra point. You could have gone for two, go up six. All that stuff matters. But I don't think Justin Fields is the problem. And I was impressed after being out for a month that that's the way that your quarterback played. He was good. It's not his fault Scott missed that opportunity. He played a good football game, and I think if Justin Fields plays like he did on Sunday over the next six, he'll be the quarterback next season. Marcus, Minneapolis, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Marcus?
1: Hey, what's up, Bled?
0: What's up, man?
1: How much? So, Man, you got some really good content early uh, so far, man. And I wanted to say the the conversation with, with Lance was great. You guys asked great questions. Thank you. Um, backing on that, um, one thing I hate to cover, too. That's why I thought it was a great conversation. <laughs> but,
0: uh, I don't think Lance appreciated me trying to point out that in today's era of football that the cover, do, cover two doesn't really doesn't work. get it done because quarterbacks can just stand there, pick you apart, move down the field. But... It was I think it was a good conversation.
1: No, it was good and he, he gave some good nuance too. It's only like I think he said five base defenses that Yeah, that's yeah. and that's totally he right. He's right about yeah. that. Yeah. But I, I still think you can be more aggressive. I don't do it. Yeah. I, I agree with what you say. You can't just sit back and anyway. Yeah. Um so my, my question was I guess I don't know if it's a question, but I guess I can get your thoughts on it. So Lance was other thinking that he should keep the coaching staff and keep building on it he said you can't keep changing coaching staff yeah, yeah. and you have to start and and I want to I would, I would want to say to him at what point do you say you have to change the coaching staff because sometimes the coaching staff could just not be a good staff so how does he decide when you do need to change the staff because we've seen examples of coaches coming in having majority of the same team and the team complete, complete playing completely different um and, and proven because to me, I think the Bears have talent. I think we were, some people were kind of, you know, 11 wins. season. see, that wasn't that far. But I think we have talent where we could have won nine or ten games. I just think the coaching – I'm not saying Matt and Luke are the worst coaches in the league. But they can be better. We can have better coaching. It's yeah. like, okay, are we coaching to be good or are we coaching for champions? Championships, right, championships, right. Thanks for the and call, Marcus. Think, yeah, yeah
0: absolutely. And I appreciate you listening, and thanks for the kind of words on the show last night. I'd say this, Marcus. Yeah, you're right. If the Bears are losing these games and they were put into position and it was the players on the field that clearly lost it. I know part of the debate last night with Lance was he was saying it was the players on the field that lost the game. I just don't like the way Eberflus in multiple scenarios has handled end of half end of game situations with timeouts. I feel as if he's overmatched and he's not putting the team in the best situation to make sure you have enough time at the end to give your quarterback a comfortable amount of time to go down the field to try and get a tying or game winning field goal. Like that's what bothered me about the situation from Sunday. You call a timeout with 31 seconds left. You've killed your quarterback. This team's not good enough, and the, the offensive line wasn't put together. The, ever since they, they subbed in uh, Feeney, like, they clearly were rattled by the crowd. You think your young quarterback with that offensive line with less than 30 seconds is going to be able to drive down the field for a field goal? You killed them. You needed to back time and get more time on the back end for your offense. Well, if you're not forward thinking like that, then what are you even doing on the sidelines? We all know at the end of all of these games on Sundays that teams come back to the very end. They all do. It happens every every Sunday. that's why it's the witching hour on on the Red Zone channel and everyone loves the NFL because every team comes back and it makes it close a one score game. You know it's gonna happen. See so guy get the ball last with enough time. So then you can be the one that goes on the field and kicks the field goal to win the game, but like when you give your team like less than thirty seconds, and you're on the twenty five yard line with an offensive line that was having issues in the fourth quarter and the crowd noise, like you've killed the team. Like you don't have a chance. Oh, really? Like Justin Fields is just gonna he's gonna escape the pocket after the lines are coming all after him chasing him down in the pocket, he's going to run for 60 yards and then you're going to call your last timeout and then kick a field goal and, and, and win the game? Like It's not going to happen. That like That's where it's like when you're too conservative as a coach, you're not even giving your chance to, yourself to, a chance to win. The defense wasn't going to stop the Lions. Let's get real. It wasn't going to happen. It's Blokin Abdallah here on ESPN 1000. If you want to join the conversation, I'll take your calls at 312-332-3776. The Fat Jack joins me next.
2: This is Chicago's home for sports on FM one hundred point three HD two, ESPN Chicago app, and ESPN one thousand. This is Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago. Chicago's home for sports. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Twitch at ESPN one thousand Chicago. You're listening to Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports.
0: If you're on hold, we'll get you on the air at 312 332 3776. Bleck and Abdallah. Abdallah has the night off. It's Chris Bleck with you tonight. It's time to talk to the Fat Chat.
3: Money. Here comes the money.
0: Ready to fatten up your winnings? You got something to eat up in there? We home. Money, money.
2: Best football picks. Give Jack a call at 800-298-1383 or FatJackSports.com. Fat Jack feeds you his picks now.
3: Get in my belly.
2: On Black and Dollar.
3: Here comes the money.
0: Go to his website right now. Sign up today, FatJackSports.com, or you can call 800-298-1383. Jack, how'd you do last week? Uh, You know, it was funny. This is the time of year. When there's an evolution to the season, it
4: evolves, and this is the time of year, and I always talk about this preseason, this is when the the angry people come out of the woodwork. After after literally a month, a $100 player was up over $2,000 in about three weeks, winning everything. I lost a half a unit two weeks ago, and this last week I broke dead even. That's just football. Basketball got you into profit both two weeks ago and last week. With just football, I broke dead even, you would have thought I lost a million dollars for people. I mean, they, they just they come out and they make so many bad decisions. And then guys are saying, well, I don't want to bet what you want me to bet. I, I want to bet everything myself. You can't tell me how to bet. No, I can't tell you how to bet. But if you want to win, just follow the system. It's very simple. So if you want to make money, and a bad week being a push week sounds good to you yeah. because you're losing a lot more than that on your own, go to fatjacksports.com because we have not had a week, Chris, in literally two months. Where we didn't either break even twice right. or win money six or seven other weeks in a row. That for an average gamble is a great day. My clients either are spoiled or they literally are too stupid to follow the instructions and they want to bet the opinions the same as they do the selections, the basketball the same as they do, do the UFC. I mean, the, just follow the system. It's so easy to do. So go to fastjacksports.com. We're having a great year. Basketball has had. Uh one push day, no losing days in about the last five or six. So it's running well as well, and it's a great time to get signed up, make some money as we head into Turkey Day.
0: And this is obviously one of the best sitting around watching sports weeks of the entire year. And things kick off Thursday, the first game, 1130 a.m. It's the Packers at the Lions. Chicago Bears fans just saw the Lions break our hearts on Sunday. How should we kind of look at this game? I'm seeing the Lions are about a touchdown favorite in this matchup.
4: Yeah. Um. I, I. We. By the way, we. We won last night. Had under. It was an easy, easy winner with Kansas City and um, and uh, Philly. So if you were sweating last minute touchdowns and all that, you're on the wrong side anyway. So uh, easy winner there. Uh, it becomes an interesting little trip here because you do have a lot of single games. So. Generally, what happens over this week, you get the general public. Everybody is sitting around, to your point, doing nothing, and they're going to bet. And when they bet, they're going to bet the favorite, and they're going to bet the over, because that's what people do. Um, it's created a little value with Green Bay. My problem is I, I trust Jordan Love about as far as I can throw him, mm-hmm. which is not far. Um, I, he, he cannot bring him from behind. Detroit and their head coach, their head coach is the most successful coach in the, in the last 30 years for how many starts he's had. I mean, people don't realize – what an efficient coach he is and how much money he makes. Dan Campbell, there have been 151 coaches that, or excuse me, 50 151 coaches since 1990 that have 50 starts or more and he has the best win percentage against the spread of that entire group. It's not even close. So, Dan Campbell outperforms the market, which is what we care about more than just about anybody. If you want to bet that game, I don't love the hook, so if you could somehow get some big better who doesn't know what he's doing to bet Green Bay back, get it back to seven, I would play Detroit and lay the points. Otherwise, under the total, Green Bay will try to stay conservative. Uh, Lafleur definitely does not want to open anything up for Jordan Love. He knows getting behind is the way that they lose that game. So look for drawn-out drives, at least from them. That keeps the total under. That's the best side of the game.
0: So because I'm listening to your advice, the next matchup – on Thanksgiving would be the Cowboys hosting the Commanders. The Commanders have looked horrible, but the Cowboys are a public favorite by over 10 points at home on Thanksgiving. Should I be playing the Commanders on Thursday? Yeah, typically. No, you shouldn't. (laughs) I'm not going to lead you.
4: They're not on on Thanksgiving. I'd never do that. I'm not going to ask you to bet the Commanders on Thanksgiving. Now, Even if we lose, at some point it's better to lose especially when you're up as much as I am, it's better to lose playing Dallas than it is to win having to sweat the commanders while you're eating turkey and trying to be right. nice to relatives you really don't care about. So um, the good news is is that this Dallas team is streaking. The backdoor on Thanksgiving's always open. It really is. But double digit favorites of the NFL have been historically good over the last couple of seasons. And this year they are what they were nine and three before last week, two and one last week. So eleven and four. And actually, you got another win if you bet the San Fran game early uh, last week. So you want to play double-digit favorites this time of year, generally speaking. All right, Not always, but generally speaking. And when you get a team that can't score, like Washington, they are not good offensively. And people wanted to make them out you know, a month ago as being a good offensive team, but they're not. Anytime Dallas can line up and not bring blitz packages, that's when you want to play the Cowboys. When their front four Parsons in the company will get home, and I believe this is another one of those spots, that's the way you play. Also, we get the, uh, Dak Prescott angle. Dak Prescott, when he plays losing teams, he covers seven out of ten times. When he plays winning teams, he covers 39% of the time. Commanders are obviously not any good. Prescott's been very predictable in what he is, the quarterback. You play a losing team, you play the Cowboys and lay the points. That's what we're going to do on Thanksgiving.
0: Brock Purdy was essentially perfect last weekend in the 49ers this weekend. On Thursday, the night game will be the 49ers traveling to Seattle. And Seattle has one of the best home field advantages in all of the NFL. How should the how should gamblers kind of approach this game? Because I I like Seattle at home, but the 49ers have proven time and time again that they're the real deal.
4: Yeah, it's never fun to bet against San Fran because if they get a lead, and they typically will because they're better than most everybody they play, it's super difficult to come back on them. The games that typically uh, get away from them are games that they turn the ball over, somebody gets a, a good play, breaks a tackle, somebody blows an assignment, and they and they play from the lead. So you worry about getting behind. Seattle is not. Seattle is super conservative. Pete Carroll has definitely evolved into a really, really conservative head coach over his career. And he will, I think, play down into what San Fran wants to do. He will not take chances, will not sit back in the pocket and, and try to throw the ball down the field. He'll punt the ball away. He'll play defense. Under the totals, the best play. To your point, Seattle's a tough place to play. The back door's open. There are some injuries on both of these teams. But I would play under the total in this one, lower scoring game. About the time the trip to fan kicks in, you don't have to – you want to be able to doze off and not feel like you missed anything. Hopefully that gives us that in this game. Go under the total in that one.
0: Jack, you know, I love traditions. I love traditions around football. And the NFL is uh, encroaching in my my college fandom on a Friday after Thanksgiving, Black Friday, the Dolphins will face off against the Jets. Before I ask you your opinion on the game itself, what do you think about the NFL planting another spot on the calendar, saying, "You know what, college football, we're gonna," uh, and you're all uh, shopping, going nuts at the different stores, trying to shove big TVs in the back of your SUV. Uh, we're gonna put an NFL game right there on Black Friday. What do you think of that?
4: Yeah, it doesn't bother me. I mean, honestly, anytime there's a chance to make money, I think it's okay, and, and and people have multiple TVs now. There's picture and picture. There's a million ways to watch football. So I don't know that anybody's good. and by the way, it's, it is, it's not like they said that the Philly-Kansas City game is going. We get the Jets. All right, who in the world – and the Jets were the backup quarterback. So it's not like everybody, oh, my gosh, I've got to see what they Unless you're in New York and you love the Jets, and by now you're on suicide watch if that's the case. You, you're literally going to eat yourself to death um, up in New York because of how bad the Jets have been offensively since Rodgers went down. But I, I would, I, one of those spots where if you can't score, you can't win – Mm -hmm. I don't love the Dolphins against good defenses, but I do think they're good enough. I I wouldn't put too much into what I saw against Las Vegas. They turned the ball over twice, kept Las Vegas around. Las Vegas defense is good. It's really good, actually. Um, And the Jets defense is really good. But it'd be hard for me to play the Jets with a backup quarterback. I understand the rally around situation. Evan Cohen used to talk about that. Fire the coach, brought the quarterback going out. He made up this stupid thing where, you know, it was the uh, interim head coach thing, and he applied it to to, – um, quarterbacks as well. I've been calling, by the way, runs the, the morning show on ESPN now as a big dog. But anyway, back in the day, that was his his gambling <laughs> angle. Sure, was yeah. the the interim whatever or the backup whatever. When you have a, a team overall, not just a quarterback that can't score, it's hard to come from behind against what we think might be the best offense in the league week in and week out. So I would lay the points early. Play the Dolphins on the road um, if you want to hedge that play under. The Dolphins are not going to win. If if they have to get in the 20s, they're not going to win. The way they win is to keep a low-scoring game. So if you want to hedge it back a little bit, go ahead and go under the 41.
0: You know, it's one of those days where there's crazy people that go and line up on Thanksgiving night just waiting for the stores to open. I, I, I don't trust those people. That's wild to me. That's something with nothing to do. Back in 1987, that was a thing.
4: But now we have Amazon and online and Walmart Prime and all this other BS. You do not need to go line up anywhere and do anything unless you literally hate your family so much that you're like, (laughs) if I could just get away from them between 6 a.m. and 10, I might be able to not beat up my nephew or my niece between now and dinner time. That's who should go to the store Unless you're t- because you can get all the deals online, so stay yep. home, especially if you're Chicago. My gosh, it's never going to be oh, super warm that yeah, time of year. So sleep in, eat some pie, and then uh, in you know re- reload for later on in the day for what you didn't eat over Thanksgiving.
0: Looking ahead to Sunday, the Saints are on the road against the Falcons. How should we play this game? I'm seeing the Falcons are a favorite by just a point or two.
4: Yeah, I mean it's another one of those under games. I mean Saints are not scoring a lot of points. Falcons are, are needing to stay conservative in everything they do. There's a bunch of these games that are gonna stay under again this week simply based on lack of talent at quarterback and coaching philosophy that they need to keep scoring down to stay in the game, and this is one of those. Uh forty two and a half, I definitely go under the total. Most of the trends will take you under that as well. There's a few of these games that most everything says go under, you probably should. I on the T V show I said it was the Cindy Lauper True Colors uh, you know, segment where it, sometimes these teams show you their true colors. You need to believe it. That's one. Cincinnati, Tennessee, or excuse me, Carolina, Tennessee is one. Mm-hmm. Everything leads under there. Um, there's uh, New England, the Giants.
0: Yeah, that the is. The Giants I'm, play. That looks like Giants an under it. of 33.5. And, uh, and then also, Steelers, Bengals looks like an over under about 34. Yeah, I, the,
4: I, of the two, I like New England, the Giants under more because you have coaches that are dominant in what they decide to do, they're not leaving it to the offensive coordinators to do anything, and New England absolutely doesn't believe in anything going up there at quarterback. Seven of the last nine New England games have gone under. Four of the last five Giants games at home have gone under. You've got Danny DeVito's you know, brother or cousin or whatever starting quarterback there. There's not going to be a lot of points in that one. The problem with the Steelers and the Bengals, the the Bengals have had extra time to get Browning acclimated and settled. I think there's some value there and some unknowns more than values. And you got the Steelers that fired their offensive coordinator, long overdue. Mm -hmm. But what that change produces, we saw Las Vegas when they just made a couple of changes, how it's helped them, at least on the defensive side of the ball. The unknown is what does that do for a Steeler team that has obviously struggled on offense, but now they're going to get a totally new philosophy and theory uh, going on the offensive play calling. So that one, to me, I'd be a little bit more careful of. I don't see how the New England Giants game gets over, though.
0: Uh, I'm looking at Jacksonville and Houston. This is, this is an interesting matchup. Jacksonville has been a pretty good team this season. They're 7-3, and, and I think they've covered like 70% of their games this year. And then the Texans, they have a chance to be like the story of the league. If C.J. Stroud can find a way to get the Texans into the playoffs, what a remarkable turnaround from last year to this year. What do you think of this matchup, Jaguars and Texans?
4: Yeah, love everything that's going on at Houston. Love the coach. Love the quarterback. Love the relationship. Love the all-in. All those things. The problem becomes is the value. Everybody knows that. And any time that you get, you got to separate yourself from what you knows going on versus what you can uh, predict is overvalued or undervalued. And that's where you run into here. Everybody knows Houston's playing great. Everybody knows they're home, but are they ready to step up like Jacksonville? It's been doing this for a while now. Jacksonville five and zero against the spread. Their last fight on the road. Uh, They've won seven of their last eight games straight up. Um, Houston owns the series straight up. Houston's 10-1 and straight up the last 11 in the series. Um, And and the total has gone under, and that's where I would go here as well, in Houston-Jacksonville. Jacksonville understands they don't want to give a bunch of possessions to this super hot, super streaky quarterback and offense at Houston. Um, And the way you keep scoring down, and we saw this a little bit late in the game last week against Houston, uh, hard to score when you're sitting on the bench um, and not and, and the other team possesses the ball. I think that's Jacksonville's agenda. I think they probably do get there in the end. Inflated value for what Houston's done this year. Great story, all that. And I do think they're their favorite to make the playoffs right now. So I think they may get in the playoffs, but I don't know that this is a good week to bet them. I would go under the total in that one.
0: I'm surprised at the success the Browns have had without good quarterback play, whether it be Watson healthy and playing poorly or – Having Watson in there. Uh, DTR was the starter last week. And the Broncos have played really well as of late. Broncos host the Browns this weekend. The Broncos are a favorite at home. I'm seeing around a round of field goal. How should we play this game?
4: Uh, let's not. Let's <laughs> absolutely not. I mean, uh, the Broncos, first of all, the Broncos are the most frustrating team to bet on in the league by far. Mm-hmm. Now, Sean Payton, I've decided it was all about Drew Brees. Now that Drew Brees is, is getting heavy and sitting around playing with his kids or whatever, Sean Payton looks really human. Go back to the two, and I understand they're winning games. They played bad competition, and they're doing it in spite of the play calling. Uh, the Browns have the best defense in the league. Russell Wilson does not like pressure. Um, I just see a lot of reasons not to play the Broncos, but you're playing the Browns, as you alluded to, without their quarterback. They're lost on, on offense, and, frankly, the Browns are being the Browns. I mean, they're going to figure out a way to lose games they're not supposed to. I, I would not play that one. I'll give you one that, that people are going to be like, what? The Bills, I think, are going to beat the Eagles. All right, I think I said last week that Oregon State, I said most places, Oregon State I thought was going to mm-hmm. beat Washington. Yeah. Um, and they, if, if not for a deep snapper that snapped the ball over the, over the punter's head early in that game for a safety they might get there. That game was real close. They give up a safety for no reason and they were every had every bit of a chance to win that. The Bills are not as bad as the public thinks they are and the Eagles are coming off a huge win against Kansas City. If if it's always if Josh Allen can protect the ball when you when you talk about the Bills and that's not changing here, but as long as he doesn't turn it over three or four times and I don't think he will, I think Buffalo not only covers a number against Philadelphia, I could see them beating Philly in what is obviously a letdown spot in a little bit of a short week as well.
0: You know, we're still about a week away. Bears and Vikings on Monday Night Football. That Bears game on Sunday was just brutal, Jack. And and it was just so obvious with four minutes left. The Bears weren't ahead enough. They are only ahead 12 points, and they let that lead slip away. The Lions win the game. Uh, is there any value on the Bears on the road after blowing a late lead against a Vikings team that just lost their first games after winning a whole bunch in a row with the back a quarterback?
4: Yeah, when I, when I weighed 350 pounds, I would have somebody come up to me that weighed about 300 pounds, and they would say, gosh, Jack, I'm so fat. I really feel fat. And I would look at them like, set the hell up. You got 50 pounds on me. Why are you complaining to me about you looking fat? That is what it is when somebody comes up to a Bears fan and complains about the Jets or the Giants, you don't want to hear it. And I don't blame you because you're exactly right. They have more talent than both of those teams, I believe, do. Uh, Certainly the Giants do. And they are figuring out new and exciting ways to give away games. (laughs) Um, And so I, I honestly think that uh, I would stay clear. You're going to have locker room issues. We saw that at Pittsburgh cost from offensive coordinator. There's going, to be, there's going to be locker room issues. This team, and it's the schizophrenia of the defense also, where are they at on defense? They were horrible at first. Now they're much better. They're giving up some points at some time. Late in that game, they're giving up points. I mean, the whole, where's the defense? The Vikings are not horrible. And Dobbs, you would think in theory, would get better with every passing day. He's now finally unpacked his suitcase. Um, and so into that offense, and I do like what their coach does. So I would – you may – gun to the head, I'd play the under again. As we have talked about primetime games, are stupid good to the under. This is a primetime game. I would go under the total. It yells under anyway because Dobbins is not going to go crazy. The Bears play good enough defense overall. totals about forty three and a half If you make me play the side I would give the Bears one more shot. But I do think similar to Pittsburgh, similar to some of these teams that are, can kind of see the latter third of the schedule – I would be leery about playing them. If they get down, I don't know that they're doing the turnaround if they have to do it late in the game.
0: Saturday, it's rivalry weekend in college football, the final weekend of the regular season in college football. Michigan, Ohio State is the 11 o'clock big noon game on Fox. How should we play this game? Arch rivals, yeah, part, Michigan, Ohio part State. Me,
4: part of me hopes that it's a 0-0 tie and that <laughs> Harbaugh pulls a hamstring on the way to the refrigerator to get his fourth beer. I mean, I, I honestly... Whoever wins this is gonna be peacocking from the rooftops. Yeah. And whoever loses it is gonna have nine reasons why they should have won. I just both of these teams from the outside looking in are very unlikable. And I understand if you're we've already heard early in the year, Ohio State, Ohio State against the world, Michigan, you know they're being, you know, basically ridiculed and prosecuted for something that every team does. And Harbaugh's circle in the wagons, Michigan is against the world. It's all of that. The reality is both these teams are overrated. They're both going to get blown out by whoever goes into the playoff against the SEC. Neither of them have a, a, a efficient enough offense for sure. Um, and Ohio State lacks some on defense as well. So I, I like Ohio State in the points. I think Michigan um, definitely shown some vulnerability. I did have um, Maryland last week against them, plus a bunch of points. They gave up some points there. So I would, I would definitely play Ohio State plus the points, but it's going to be hard for me to watch that one and,
0: and pull through either team. Jack, if our listeners go to your website and sign up today, fatjacksports.com, what will they receive?
4: Consistency and winning selections emailed to you. Uh, if you're one of those guys that's going to do exactly what you want, no matter what we send you, don't sign up. All right, I've, we've, I've, I play thousands of dollars on these games. We're up hundreds of thousands of dollars. I am personally on the games that I release. We've, we've had no losing weeks in over a month. Two push weeks, three huge winning weeks, and if you add basketball, we've had no, nothing close to a losing week literally in about two months. Go to FatJackSports.com. It's $189. Plays are emailed to you. Everybody gets the same plays. You get a recommended betting guide. You don't have to guess what to do. Follow our system. You're going to make money. Have a great, great Thanksgiving. Be safe out there. Have a great time, and I will talk to you soon. FatJackSports.com.
0: Thanks, Jack. Happy Thanksgiving. We'll talk to you next Thursday. All right, brother. Take care. See you soon.
2: Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Twitter at ESPN 1000. This is Black and Abdallah on Chicago's home for sports, ESPN Chicago.
0: Abdallah, we take football very seriously here on the show. Usually on our Thursday night shows, as we get ready for the football weekend, we talk to the Fat Jack, and then we also talk to our friend Chauncey to get his animal picks. Well, it's a Tuesday. We're getting ready for the football festivities in the weekend and Thanksgiving anyway, so let's talk to Chauncey. Do you want winners? Chauncey knows a keeper. When he
3: sees one, he sees every angle and knows all the right calls. Get your picks from a man who was raised by the
2: frozen
0: tundra. It's time for Chauncey's Picks with Black and Doug. Listen to Chauncey's Great Outdoors, 6 to 7 a.m. Saturday mornings. And Chauncey's Animal Picks are brought to you by Mobile Warming by FieldShare. Use promo code ESPN25 at FieldShare.com to get 25% off. Site wide Chauncey, you went 2-1 and one last week. You're red hot on the season. You're 20-11. and 11. How about that?
5: That's pretty good, and I got robbed by that one game.
0: Yes, you did two weeks <laughs> ago. Yes, you were robbed by the one game. All right, so as we head into this weekend, Chauncey. No,
5: this past weekend, I just lost one game by one point.
0: Oh, okay. So you're saying you are robbed in back-to-back weekends? Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. listen, you have to put up your guard.
5: I know. I thought the Bears were going to mess me up, too. <laughs>
0: We have one game this weekend, Chauncey. Oh, Rams yeah. and Cardinals. What do you have? Rams and Cardinals.
5: Well, you know, I took a serious look at the Rams and the yep. Cardinals, and yes, the the Cardinals are the state bird of Illinois and a couple of other states, and they are quick and they are, you know, small and they are, but they they don't have the endurance, and I think they're getting beat up a little bit now. And the Rams, they just their size, their f- stable footwork, their their ability to you know, run faster than a Cardinal is going to fly at this point. I'm going to – I took a real serious look at this, and I said I'm going to have to go with the Rams.
0: All right. Rams are the pick for this weekend for Thanksgiving, the the week of. And, uh, Chauncey, what's coming up on the show on Saturday? What do you have planned?
5: Uh, this Saturday, well, we always have the Aiden Fishing Report. Oh, yes. Report for my grandson. He's got his own fan club, I think. <laughs> um, <laughs> but then we have uh, Pete Meyer, a good friend of our the program, who was down in southern Illinois deer hunting. Uh, he hunted with bow and arrow for a couple of days, and then he switched over to the uh, open shotgun season that we have in Illinois for deer, That two weekends of it, this past weekend and another one in December. And then our next guest is going to be uh, Brian Griffin, who uh, actually he runs a charter service on Lake Michigan, but during the off-season he's a waterfowl guide, goose and duck hunting guide, up in the uh, northern counties of Illinois and southern counties of uh wisconsin and we're going to talk about just you know what's happening with that season
0: fantastic i'll be listening on saturday All right, chauncey
5: yeah and we're all going to be laying there in our tryptophan coma
0: absolutely <laughs> as everyone goes out and shops i'm going to take a nap
5: that you got that right buddy
0: you know <laughs> thanks chauncey we'll be listening on saturday you too sir bye-bye there he is there's chaunce do you want winners chauncey knows a keeper when he sees one,
3: he sees every angle and knows all the right calls. Get your picks from a man who was raised by the frozen
0: tundra. It's time for Chauncey's Picks with Black and O'Donnell. That's right. We take football very seriously, and you can listen to Chauncey's Great Outdoors from 6 to 7 a.m. Saturday mornings right here on ESPN 1000. Chauncey's Animal Picks are brought to you by Mobile Warming by FieldShare. Use promo code ESPN25 at FieldShare.com for 25% off site-wide. You better get on that for Black Friday, for the shopping, for the holidays. They've got great gear, jackets, gloves, socks, It heats from the inside, and you can connect it to your Bluetooth phone. It's fantastic. I've got the jacket. It's got uh, warming technology, the mobile warming technology in the jacket. All you have to do is turn it on through the Bluetooth on your app, and you're set. And you got a warm jacket. It's fantastic. Palenka Abdallah here on ESPN 1000. Take more of your calls at 312-332-3776. Talking Bears football next.
2: This is Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. You're listening to Black, 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 Black and Abdallah on Chicago's home for sports, ESPN Chicago. If you miss something, get the podcast on the ESPN Chicago app.
0: here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. Thanks to Sean Graney and to Kevin Zpack for producing tonight's show. Uh, tomorrow night, Black and Abdallah. I believe you get Tyler and Shea. I believe Tyler and Shea are in for Black and Abdallah tomorrow night, 6-8 to right here on ESPN 1000. Thanks to Sean Graney and Kevin Zpack for producing tonight's show. Black and Abdallah. Uh, you'll hear the guys tomorrow, right here on ESPN 1000. Let's take some more Bears calls. Uh, a lot of you wanted to jump into the conversation. I started the show saying that if Justin Fields plays like he did on Sunday over the next six games, he'll be the Bears quarterback next season. That's just the way I see it. Jim and Wheaton, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Jim?
4: Hey, thanks for taking my call. You know, I just think this whole season is a season of evaluation, and it's not about wins and losses. So I don't really mind the job that Eberflus is doing. Uh, the Bears don't want to hire coaches that have any experience. You could have Sean Payton probably, or somebody else that had more experience. So all these things, I'm just hoping that uh, you know he could learn his job as time goes on. I have a lot of faith in Polls. I think he's uh, doing
0: a great job. It's a young team. And I look forward to the future. Thanks. All right, thanks, Jim. That's a very positive call on the Chicago Bears. Tom in Oak Lawn, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Tom?
3: Uh, what's up, Black? So, and I, I, I can't do this where then, you know, I, I, I look at Justin Fields where he has one good game, and then I have to get right on the train again and be like, oh yeah, he's going to be our franchise quarterback. I mean. We've, we've done this not only this year, but we've also done it you know last year, too, where we we're like, well, if he continues to play like he did last week, then he's going to be our franchise guy. And he's he's still just very inconsistent. And even the really good game against the uh, Lions that we're saying, most of it is because he ran the ball for 104 yards. He only passed it for 165. I mean, he had a really good game if he was our running back, but he's – our quarterback, and I still want a quarterback that can throw for over 300 yards. and I don't want to get into another situation where we leave a possibly a great quarterback off the board as far as a rookie. And I know you're saying we don't know about these rookies, but Mm -hmm. we know what we have in Justin Fields. Well, right now, Justin Fields has just shown that he is inconsistent. And uh, if if we're going to pick between the unknown of a rookie or an inconsistent NFL quarterback— Give me the unknown of a rookie. And if you're going to keep Justin Fields, then you might as well keep the whole coaching staff. Otherwise, then we're in the same spot that we were, you know, when we had Mitch Trubisky and we needed a head coach, and we had to say, well, if you want to be our head coach, then you have to have Mitch Trubisky as our quarterback. And I don't want to do this more than we're in this spot again, and we have to say, well, in order for you to be our head coach, you have to have Justin Fields as our quarterback. I want to be able to get a good head coach, make have him make the decision on whether he'd want to draft a new quarterback or not. Otherwise, we're in the same cycle that we always been as an organization, and we're just repeating the mistakes over and over again.
0: Thanks for the call, Tom. Appreciate you, man. Yep. There is Tom in Oklahoma. I'd, I'd say this. Here, here's my one thought from that. What about coaches coaching up the talent that they're given? Like, what is this obsession that people have with the coaches having to pick the perfect player for them to win? How about a coach who comes in here, sees Justin Fields, says, all right, here's what we can improve on. This is where he can get better, and he's going to get better. Like, that's where I'm not saying it was one game against Detroit that solidified it, that he's going to be the guy next year. We're seeing improvement. We really are. You want 300 yards, he did that against the Broncos. You want four touchdowns, no interceptions, he did that against the Commanders. You want him to go into a hostile environment against Detroit and not make mistakes coming back after a month? That's what he did. I don't know. Call me delusional, but I I see Jim Harbaugh on the sidelines with that quarterback. To me, it, it screams that it will be successful. He got the most out of Colin Kaepernick. He won in college with Andrew Luck. He's done it in multiple places. I think if Jim Harbaugh was the coach, you're not losing that game on Sunday against the Lions. Maybe I'm delusional. Maybe I'm I'm drinking too much of the Kool-Aid thinking that he could get it done. I think you pair Justin Fields with a a tough coach who coaches the defensive and offensive lines well and gets the most out of his players. I think you got a winner there. I don't know. I don't think it's you have to search for a new quarterback if that's the angle you go with a a new head coach. Chase on the south side. Gotta go quick. We have less than a minute, my man. Hey, Black. What's going on? Hey, yeah, so I want to talk
4: about the coach, right? So I think what's really irritating a lot of the fans is the
1: fact that it's not the fact that they're losing these games. It's the fact of how they're losing and the way he's explaining It's like hearing him talk it makes your ears bleed. And it's like it's like if he was to say, hey, listen, I know you guys have said we're not
4: playing well right now. When Sylvie asked him, "What was? You, how did you feel about the game? If he had said, listen, we're not playing well. I'm disappointed for the fans, for the ownership, and for the players that we lost that game. That's a game we should have won, and I'm very disappointed. Instead, he said, oh,
2: um, we did this well. I mean, he just he's a, he's a doofus. Like, I, I just don't – I think he's a, a – All right, you don't, you don't have to
0: name call, but yes. Yeah, it, it seems <laughs> like he's overmatched, Chase. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I'm just saying, I know I shouldn't say that, but still,
4: he's just in over his head, and I just Thank, don't think he's the
0: right guy for this job. I, I'm with you. Thanks for the call, Chase. Appreciate you. And, and that's, I, I think, the, the end of the story is, like, I don't think you can look at that game on Sunday and say, like, if you upgrade the coaching position, don't you think the Bears win that game? I, I don't think it's the quarterback that's fault in that situation. Talk to you later.
2: You're listening to Black, Black, Black and Abdallah. ESPN Chicago. Eber flows.